Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Shout out to Seeky for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They out a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green means good and red means bad. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my promo code Devil State of Mind. Again, my promo code is Devil State of Mind. Click the link in our social medias on our link tree to download the app and remember to use our promo code devil state of mind click the link in my profile slash description of anything that i have i'll have it on all of my links and once again shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing app of the devil state of mind podcast yes devils fans Jesper Bratt is finally locked down long-term. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are listening to this podcast episode. I want to send a quick happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there, and I hope everybody did have a great Father's Day. Thank you all so much for taking time out of your day to check this episode out. You already know that I greatly, greatly appreciate And don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify to help show some love and continue to help get this podcast out to more and more people. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored, as always, by our friends over at DraftKings sports book and sports fans. I know obviously hockey season's over and the NBA season is over. And so you ask yourself, what else do we got going on? Well, we have obviously major league baseball. We are now well into the beginning of summer. You know, that is the prime time for baseball. You got the college world series going on right now. You got several major golf tournaments and you have so many other events going on and also 
Shout out to the Canadian Football League, which actually just got underway uh, this past two weeks. So you got that going on as well. So with all of those events going on and so much more coming up over the next couple of months here in the summer, you already know that DraftKings Sportsbook is your number one destination to get in on all of the huge cash prizes. So if you want to get a little bit of extra cash for your pocket, go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Sign up, use our promo code THPN, again, promo code THPN, and don't forget to tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. So again, a big thank you and shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook for being the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network and the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. And as always, Devil's fans, make sure you bet responsibly. Also, shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing partner of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And Devil's fans, for any sporting event, whether it's Devil's games, whether it's anything else going on, make sure you go to SeatGeek, sign up, and use my promo code Devil's State of Mind to get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek rates, seats, and available seats all over on a 1 to 10 scale and also a green, yellow, and red scale. So you know you are getting the best seats for the best offer. So again, sign up for SeatGeek, use my promo code Devil State of Mind, and you can get $20 off your first purchase. So thank you again to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing partner of the Devil State of Mind podcast. Yes, Devils fans, we have finally gotten over the hill and finally got Jesper Bratt to sign on the dotted line to make himself a New Jersey Devil long-term. It is such an absolute relief. And for me, since last Thursday was my birthday, it was a pretty nice birthday present to get, knowing that we finally were able to lock down Jesper Bratt, one of our top two restricted free agents. And so we'll kind of go through the details and everything. And then we're also going to then shift our focus to our other big name RFA, and that is Timo Meyer. And lastly, we're going to talk about two new players that have been mentioned over the last couple of days in terms of updates, whether it's a long-term contract extension or someone who may very well be on the move this summer. And we will talk about them as well. So as always, Devils fans, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, so let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's get things rolling and drop the puck with the most obvious topic we have to talk about today, and that is the Devils re-signing forward Jesper Bratt to a long-term contract. So on Thursday afternoon at around, you know, 1-1.30, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman and also um, the Athletics' Pierre Lebrun both confirmed that the New Jersey Devils had officially signed Jesper Brad to a long-term extension. The news we have been waiting for for almost a year now. It is an eight-year extension that has a 7.875 million average annual value, and it all comes out to 63 million dollars. So Jesper Brad, his number is going to be the same amount of money that he's going to be making in terms of millions. So it's it's kind of almost poetic that number 63 
is going to be paid $63 million over the course of the next eight seasons. Uh, some other details with the contract. He owns a full no trade clause in years two through five. So I guess going into this first year of the contract extension, I guess he doesn't have a no trade clause at all. And then he has a full no team trade clause through years two through five. And then in the final years, six through eight, he owns a 15 team no trade clause. I've always wondered what, you know, how those trade clauses come about. And when you go through the list of, especially if it's a, like I mentioned, a 15 team no trade clause, I'm sure it's always interesting for the GM to kind of hear what teams uh, that certain player doesn't want to go to. And you kind of wonder to yourself, maybe you ask him, maybe you don't. Kind of curious though as to, you know, why and who are the teams and things like that. I always, always wondered what, um, how that process all goes down. Brad's contract uh, is very similar to Los Angeles Kings forward Kevin Fiala. So Brad actually has a lot to thank from Kevin Fiala, who the Devils obviously tried to acquire and signed last season from Minnesota. Uh, Fiala signed an eight-year, $7.875 million contract uh, for AAV uh, last June with the Los Angeles Kings. Now, as I mentioned before, Brad's cap hit will be $7.875 million, so just a little under eight. So for Tom Fitzgerald to find a way to get Jesper Bratt to sign under eight, which is less than what um, what Jack Hughes is making, I think is tremendous. It's not going to be the same thing with Timo Meyer, and we'll talk about him in greater detail in just a moment, but to get one of your long-term core players to sign again under what Jack Hughes is making, which has kind of been what Tom Fitzgerald for the most part has been trying to accomplish, I think is a job well done by Tommy Fitz. Now, for people who are interested, here is the salary breakdown per year for Brett's contract. So this upcoming season, Jesper Bratt will be making $10 million. So he's making a pretty hefty amount of money this season. Next year, 24-25, he'll be making $9 million. 25-26, he'll be making $9 million again. 26-27, he'll be making $8 million. 27-28, also 28-29, he will be making $7,200,000, 7.2. And then 29-30 and 30-31, he will be, well, 29-30, he'll be making 6.6. And then 2030-2031, he'll be making $6 million. And so every year, Jesper Bratt's um, salary per year will go less and less. And with the salary cap continuously going up, Gary Bettman mentioned a couple weeks ago that the salary cap could go up to about a million dollars even just before the start of next season. Um, It's really good because, again, that keeps Bratt here long-term. He's getting a pay raise and... He also is going to be, you know, in a situation where the contract makes it easy for the Devils to continuously have a healthy cap, which is something that Tom Fitzgerald has talked about numerous times about having. So again, for the Devils to get Jesper Brett to lock in long-term on an eight-year deal, to get a pay raise, to be one of the highest paid players on the team and be rewarded for the season that he had this last year, I think is a great job. And I know that Jesper Brett wanted it done. I'm sure Joaquin Person wanted it done, Brett's agent, and obviously Tom Fitzgerald wanted it done. 
And both sides spoke about the contract on Friday morning. Both sides obviously very thrilled to get it done. And again, it's just great that we no longer have to worry about that. That now we can shift our focus to other players and, you know, you know, building the roster around these core of guys. So now with that contract out of the way, the Devils currently have $26,407,500 left in cap space, which puts them right now $4,607,500 below the cap floor. So about $4.6 million over the, below the cap floor, which they will most likely go over um, the cap floor. Well, they, they will continue to separate themselves from the cap floor um, as they continue to spend money on guys like Timo Meyer and other players like that. But again, for the Devils to finally get beyond this hurdle, and this has been a hurdle for now close to a year, is tremendous. And also, um, to, on Thursday, that was the final day to file for arbitration as well. So again, the Devils, and I'm sure Brad as well, didn't want to have to go through arbitration again. And I'm sure they obviously didn't want to sign Brad to another one-year prove-it deal. And I know that Pierre Lebrun had mentioned recently in an article he wrote for The Athletic that Brad and his agent may consider taking a shorter-term three- or four-year deal so that Brad can then cash in on a bigger contract later on in a couple of years as the salary cap continues to go up. But it looks like just based on this contract that Brett really did want to stay long term. He's not interested in that. And granted, these guys can renegotiate at any time if they so choose to. So that's that's something that's always a possibility. Um, but to get Brett to officially be under contract, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, is just tremendous. It really is. It's it's more of a relief than anything else. Um, I know I wrote an article recently for Big Apple Hockey about, you know, whether or not to pay Jesper Bratt, and I kind of gave reasons why and why not to. Um, but ultimately, like I said before, I want Bratt to stay here. I think he's an invaluable part of this team as well. And obviously, I know that um, that he had a struggle um, in the playoffs. I know he was criticized by myself included. I do not, um, you know. I'm not going to sit here and say that Brett didn't deserve some criticism for the lack of production in the playoffs because he really, really did struggle at times. But again, just like a lot of other players on this team, you know, he ended up, you know, you know, he was, this was his first playoff year. So that's something to keep in mind. I also did want to give you guys a good example of somebody who struggled in their first year or two in the playoffs and eventually had a year so good that they won the Conn Smite for playoff MVP. And that is this past year's Conn Smite Trophy winner, it's Jonathan Marcheseau. In Marcheseau's first two years in the postseason, which were back in 2014, uh, from 2014 to 2016, he posted zero goals and one assist. So then you fast forward seven years later to this year, 2023, he tallied 13 goals, 12 assists for 25 points and finished the playoffs on a 10 game point streak, which is now a franchise record, the longest ever by a Vegas player in any game type. And so for me, it is safe to say that 
we can't evaluate Brat over one playoff year. Now we got to see moving forward. But this is an example of a guy that started off slow and then eventually became a playoff MVP. I'm not saying that Brad's going to end up being a playoff MVP, although if he is, then obviously it makes the contract even more worth what it is. But also for the fact that it didn't, it wasn't an overpayment. We're not paying him over $8 million and we're keeping him long-term again. It's just tremendous. So yeah, job well done by Tom Fitzgerald, Joaquin Pearson, Jesper Brad, everyone that everyone is that is involved in this to get Jesper Brad signed long-term. So yes, the devil's, Finally, re-signed Jesper Bratt to an eight-year extension worth $63 million with an AAV of $7.875 million. So yes, the man they call Bratter will make the Garden State his home long-term. So now that we finally can shift away from Bratt, we don't have to worry about him. Now it's time to focus on our other Big name restricted free agent, and that is Timo Meyer, who now becomes the Devils' top priority. Also on Thursday, June 15th, again, my birthday, just so that you guys know, uh, the Devils filed for team elected arbitration with Timo Meyer just before the 5 p.m. deadline. Timo had a $10 million qualifying offer, and by filing for team-elected arbitration, the Devils can now lower the offer by 15% all the way down to $8.5 million, which would end up making Timo Meyer, from an AAV standpoint, the highest-paid player on the team. This decision allows the Devils to keep his rights and obviously provides more time to negotiate. It's the same thing that happened last year with Brat. You know, they filed for arbitration. Well, they didn't really file for arbitration. They were planning on it. They were going to get him to stay here for at least another year. They signed him to a one-year deal to avoid going to arbitration. But now with Timo Meyer and the Devils, this just creates more time for both sides to come together. I think the way it has gone is that Tom Fitzgerald has kept himself in, you know, in contact with Claude Lemieux, former New Jersey Devil and current um, agent of Timo Meyer and Timo Meyer, and trying to, you know, keep them keep conversations going while they were trying to get this Jesper Brad contract done. So now that this contract is done, Tom Fitzgerald could put his full focus on getting Brad signed long term. Arbitration dates, by the way, aren't set until the end of July or early August. So we have more than a month before we really know if it gets to that point. So you could see again that the Devils will have a lot of time. Now, the arbitration process includes a third party to help negotiate the salary amount of an upcoming contract. Both the team and player have the opportunity to settle before their arbitration date, however, which was basically what happened with Brad, that they waited till the very last minute and they signed a one-year deal to avoid it and then go from there. If the sides do go to arbitration and settle on a one-year deal, the Devils and Meyer would have to wait until January 1st of 2024, the middle of next season, to negotiate a long-term contract. Again, Brad was the same thing. Once January 1st of this year came around, that was when Brad became eligible to sign a long-term deal. Took over almost... It took over five months to get it done, but a deal done nonetheless. If the Devils and Meyer cannot come to an agreement, then Timo would become an unrestricted free agent on July 1st of 2024. 
Should also mention that ESPN's Kevin Weeks mentioned this on Twitter after the news came out that Timo was going, Timo and the Devils were going to go to arbitration, or at least file for team-friendly arbitration, uh, that the San Jose Sharks, when they still had Timo, went above $9 million in AAD in an attempt to try to sign uh, Timo long-term. Now, let's put it, let's put that in perspective, right? Because with Timo Meyer, when he was still in San Jose, I'm sure he looked at it and said, well, the Sharks are now going to begin a rebuild. Is this someplace I want to be long-term for rebuild after the first handful of seasons of long runs in the playoffs, not winning a cup, but still long success in the playoffs. And I'm in the prime of my career and obviously I want to win. You know, that might have played into his decision as to not take a nine plus million dollar contract from San Jose. Now, does that mean that he's going to take less than nine million dollars from the Devils? No, doesn't mean anything. I still firmly believe that Timo is going to end up getting more in AAV than what Jack Hughes is making. Because here's the thing, guys, we have to remember that when Jack Hughes signed his contract, he did not have the 99-point breakout season he had this past year. A lot of people looked at what the Devils gave Jack Hughes as an overpayment. Now, fast forward a year, everyone's looking at it and saying Jack Hughes is being grossly underpaid. And again, as I mentioned before with Brett, Jack Hughes could eventually renegotiate if he so fits to. But if anybody thinks that the Devils are going to somehow miraculously get Timo Meyer to sign under $8 million, I think you're dreaming. Because Timo Meyer has a longer track record of consistent scoring success and playing at a very high level. It's not a knock on Jack Hughes. It's just trying to help you understand that Timo Meyer, in my opinion, deserves 8.5 plus. That's the way I look at it. Now, if the Devils can get him to sign for 8 or even 8.5 and sign him to under what the projection is, I think it's tremendous. That's the same thing that happened with Brad. He's getting paid less than what the projection pretty much had him at. Now, both sides of this, uh, Tom Fitzgerald and, you know, with the combination of Timo Iron and his agent, have been in constant communication. Both sides know where each other stands. And the encouraging part of all of this is that according to Tom Fitzgerald, Timo Meyer is telling his agent Claude Lemieux to work on an eight-year contract with New Jersey. So even though Timo Meyer, when he has spoken to the media, especially when you go back to cleanup day, wasn't jumping at and saying, I want to be here, this, that, and the other thing, Timo Meyer, it sounds like he very much wants to be here, that he wants to make New Jersey his next home long-term, and that he wants to be a devil for you know the good majority of the rest of his career. Now, Tom Fitzgerald did say this. He said, Timo's agent, Claude Lemieux, and I have been in constant communication and working through proposals. Timo knows. I spoke to him yesterday. He knows how much we want to continue this relationship long term. He's reiterated that to me. This is where he wants to be. He sees himself as a devil, and he asked his agent to negotiate an eight-year deal with us, a long-term deal, and it's music to my ears. So we'll continue to kind of chip away at it. But the goal is to get Timo Meyer in a devil's uniform for the next eight years. That is obviously a very, very positive thing to hear. Now, we haven't heard from Timo specifically or even Claude Lemieux, Timo's agent, whether they are confirming this. But since it's been a couple of days now and nothing else has come out, we can assume that that's exactly what Timo Meyer told his agent, that he wants to be a devil long term, get a deal done. So if we're looking at it and saying it's an eight-year deal, 
I think we're going to get a deal between $8.5 million and $9 million. But I think that there is a 99.9% .9 chance that Timo Meyer signs long-term. I don't think it's going to get beyond arbitration and we still don't have a deal. I think that because we already have an idea that he wants to be here, he wants a long-term deal, he wants eight years, that, okay, now we have already some hurdles that we've been able to climb over. Now it's about getting down the AAV and getting down how much money he's going to make over those eight years. And I think that that's really kind of the important thing with all of this. So that's kind of the most up-to-date we have with Timo Meyer right now. And again, just like with Brett, we're just going to have to continue to be patient and see where things go. Fitzgerald already mentioned he has a very busy summer because not only does he have Timo to worry about, he has several UFA and other RFAs that he does have to also think about what he wants to do with them. But the important thing is to know that Timo Meyer wants to be here. The Devils have become, in my opinion, much more of a destination place. Tom Fitzgerald said it himself, diamond in the rough, that is what New Jersey is. And now we're starting to get more and more people to want to come here and be a part of what we believe is going to be a very, very special period in Devils hockey history. So again, we'll see what happens with Timo, but I'm very confident that a long-term deal is going to get done down the road. Like the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook right now. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. And with the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs just about to begin, there are so many different money lines or puck lines and bets that you can make. One that I'm really banking on is for the Seattle Kraken to move on to the conference finals after the second round matchup against the Dallas Stars. They have a lot of momentum, and I think it really is a good bet to make for them to win the series. How many games they win in is up to you. But that's just an example of the many different types of bets you can make during these hockey playoffs. And if you want to get in on the action, here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas City, plus 21 in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And so lastly here, kind of talking about some other guys. One of them is obviously a free agent this year. The other still has another year on their contract, but already talking about potential contract extensions. Um, let's talk about them. Let's talk about Yegor Sharangovich, Dawson Mercer. We'll start with Sharangovich. According to Sportsnet's insider Elliot Friedman, the chatter trade amongst Sharangovich is picking up. Apparently there are a lot of teams that have called the Devils about Yegor Sharangovich. Uh, Friedman said the Devils, quote, I think are still going to be pretty fascinating. 
Uh, the other player I'm wondering here about for the Devils is Sharon Govich. I've heard there have been some talks picked up around him, and someone told me, don't be surprised if you see something here. Um, and that's pretty much what we've heard, that this might be another situation where either it's a sign-and-trade, like you, like like uh, Fitzgerald did with uh, Severson, or the Devils could just trade his negotiating rights to a team to acquire uh, a draft pick. I also thought it was interesting that Elliot Friedman said about Jesper Bratt that basically the Devils gave him a deadline, that if they didn't get a deal done, I think by July, that they were probably going to move him. And I think that's what Fitzgerald meant about we may get another first round pick, that I think that was kind of what Fitzgerald was going to lean towards, that if he couldn't get Brad signed long term, he was going to try to trade him to get at least a first round pick. Who knows what else he could have gotten. But now that doesn't matter because he's signed long term. But for Sharon Govich, uh, someone who he had a really good 2021-22 season, but really struggled this past year. And considering, you know, we have Timo now and we still have Brett, we have Mercer, and we have guys in our system like Holtz that could come up and be major contributors on the top six, Sharon Govich may just na- no longer have a place on this team. So I think that that's something to keep in mind as to why Sharon Govich may be on the move. I think there's a good chance that he may very well be on the move. I think Sharon Govich still has the the potential to be a very good top six player long-term, but it may just be one of the situations like it was with Severson, like it might be with Ryan Graves, where there just really isn't a fit. The other problem is that you have to wonder how confident is Fitzgerald in opening up a bunch of roster spots to guys 23 or younger who have no playoff experience and no NHL experience, period. I think that's going to be... Another reason why the Devils continue to be active, why they continue to be interesting throughout the offseason, because there's a lot of different pieces that have to be moved and, you know, or, you know, retained or whatever the case may be. Um, you look at Sharon Govich, like I mentioned, in 2021, 22, 24 goals, 46 points. But this past year, uh, he had just 13 goals and 30 points. Um, but I don't think that's going to hurt necessarily the value of Sharon Govich still being a very young player as he just completed his third season overall um, in his career. So he's still a relatively young player with now several NHL experience, including playing in the playoffs. Um, so I think it's something that's going to be enticing for other teams that might feel more comfortable bringing him in and obviously giving him a place on their roster where he can play top six minutes. So, Let's keep our eye on Sharon Govich. I mean, we have to keep an eye on a lot of different guys, but it sounds like uh, chatter around Sharon Govich is picking up, and we'll see what what uh what comes what comes of that. Now, Dawson Mercer, a little bit more interesting. Mercer is entering the third year of his entry level contract. So this upcoming year will be the last year of his uh, three year ELC. Despite having a year left on his deal, um, Mercer, who is now twenty one years of age, does have the right to sign an extension with the Devils as soon as July 1st. So just 12 days from now, uh, Mercer could easily sign a contract extension, and that's one less guy long-term we have to worry about. According to Tom Fitzgerald, he hasn't had that conversation with Mercer's camp just yet, but it is on his to-do list. So that doesn't necessarily mean that Fitzgerald is trying to get a deal done now, although if he does, then that's obviously great. Um... He just wants to talk to Mercer's camp about, hey, 
let's kind of get these negotiations kind of started and see where we can go with it. Um, I think Dawson Mercer is a guy that also wants to be here long term. He has spoken several times over how much he loves being a New Jersey Devil, how much he loves playing for this team and being in this area. And so again, just positive things we're hearing about the Devils. Now, Fitzgerald went on to say this, quote, to be honest, I haven't had dialogue with his camp yet. It's something I'd like to explore. Sure, we could do that right on July 1st. We could do it on August 1st, too. We could do it on September 1st. July 1st is just the start time. I do plan on talking to his representatives just to see where they're at and what their vision is. How that fits into what we're trying to do right now, there's no rush. But I definitely would like to explore tying this young man up long term. Again, Fitzgerald talking about another young player who has obviously blossomed so far in his early NHL career. He certainly wants to get him done long term. And obviously there's other guys that you have to worry about as well. Uh, this past season, Mercer had a tremendous year, 27 goals, 56 points. He had himself a very long um, a uh, point streak going on at some point during this year. It was certainly a step up for him, uh, both in goals and in points from his rookie year. He had 17 goals uh, in his rookie year and 42 points. So obviously just 10-plus goals more and 10-plus points more than he did in his first year. And in 12 playoff games, uh, Mercer had three goals and seven points. So he was definitely a contributor on uh, on this team, both in the regular season and the playoffs. Also, it should be mentioned that Dawson Mercer, knock on wood, has still yet to miss a game in his NHL career. He has played in all 164 regular season games that he could play in, and he's played in all 12 playoff games. So Dawson Mercer kind of being our Iron Man as he has been in the lineup every game since he started way back in his rookie year, back in uh, 21-22. So for Dawson Mercer, as we like to call him, that's another guy that all of us would love to have signed here long term. I think he has the ability to get even better. I think if you look at the fact that he had 27 goals this past season, I think he has the opportunity and the ability to score over 30. We had a handful of 30 goal scores this year, and I don't think there's any reason why we, we can't believe that Mercer can't also be another one of those 30 goal scores. I expect him to have another major step in his development going into the final year of his deal. I don't think Mercer's worried about it. I think he knows that this is going to be a process. Uh, some guys, it just, it's very quick, no drama, and it gets done. If you look at the contracts of Nico and Jack Hughes, there was no worry at all from any of us that a deal wasn't going to get done. And it got done well before we got to that point. Um, you know, with Nico, it happened in the middle of the last year of his ELC. Um, with Jack, it happened like in the second month of the season in 21-22. Uh, it could happen with Dawson Mercer. It could just be a random day during the season, and then we get word that he signs a long-term extension. It might very well be that way. And it's not Fitzgerald said. July 1st is just when we can really start to talk about that. I don't know if it's tampering, if the devil started talking to him before that. Maybe they even discussed it in passing while um, Mercer spoke to Fitzgerald at the end of the season. But it is something, to, again, to kind of keep your eyes on. And years on as well that, you know, Tom Fitzgerald is already thinking also about other guys whose contracts are coming up in a year or two. I think that's important because when you look at how the salary cap is now, 
where it's going and what your roster you know has right now you do have to constantly keep your eyes on everything that's why a lot of teams also have guys who are salary cap experts who kind of that's their job to figure it out and kind of go from there so it's good that Tom Fitzgerald is having constant communication and fresh conversation with a lot of different guys I think we're going to get some other guys signed long term not just in the now but I think over the next couple of months and maybe even moving forward into next season. And it's all good things. So I continue to believe in Tom Fitzgerald. He has been nothing but tremendous since he took over as the GM of this team. And I expect him to continue to do everything that's best for this organization to continue to make them better in our quest to bring Lord Stanley's Cup back to the Garden State.